This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, questions about things going on in your life, whatever's on your heart. All you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. And our mobile app is available as well. That's the free Calvary Chapel mobile app. And if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. As you know, it's Thursday. That means Paula is with me. This is the date day edition of the program. Paula, thanks for being here. You're so welcome. Be it date day, it'd be kind of rude if I if I just took off, you know, and said, "Forget you, Pastor Ron. I got stuff to do and people to see." Especially, and that could happen because everything. I mean, everything is hyped up right now for our women's retreat. <laughs> I had to tell some people. I got to go to the office right now for the radio program. It is date day. Bye. You know, kind of a thing. And so, yeah, it's it's all about their women's retreat, and um, it's it's a good thing. Yeah, lots of ladies have signed up and, and trying to, you know, get them all in rooms, and uh, it's it's not been easy because you know a lot of people signed up, and some sign up late, and then they have these requests like. I know I'm signing up late, but uh, can I room with so-and-so and so-and-so? It's like, well, I'm trying my best. So that's that's all it is. Just trying to be hospitable while the ladies um, kind of, some of them, a little dragging their feet, but that's okay. So we're about we're a week away. A week from today, today starts. A week from today, we'll be going. Um, we're, and the ladies are, you know, there's some that have never been to a retreat. And so those are the ones that are kind of nervous but they're going and then we have some husbands who are trying to encourage their wives okay i signed you up and i paid i really want you to go it's going to be good for you but in fact one man i told him last night i said pastor ron had to make me go the first two one (laughs) because i was nervous too so i really i get it you know you just you're going to be around a bunch of people you might not know and if you're shy you know not that i'm shy uh but I am kind of shy. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of introverted and extroverted at the same time. So 
I, I, I get it. So, But if you're nervous... I think that's a whole other radio program. <laughs> probably. <laughs> that's like two guests at, you know, yeah. sitting in one chair. Um, but if you're a little bit nervous, uh, we still have some room. Um, yeah. And um, you're, please sign up. It'd be cool. We have some dorm rooms left, and um, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And, you know, we have some, some of the dads are nervous, too. You know, I don't even think Sam gave the, the duct tape lessons this, this year. <laughs> but some of the dads are nervous because they'll have the kids, you know. And then some of those dads yeah, are professional these, dads. Yeah, all these years we've not lost one child. Nope, sure haven't. <laughs> haven't at all. And a bunch of the guys, so sweet, a bunch of the guys get together, you know, and they give, you know, encouragement and they, they, they make meat. Would you guys have a meet and greet out there at the park? Yeah, I don't go to that, but they bring me meat, thank God, because they love me. Mm-hmm. That is sweet. <laughs> don't eat too late at night, babe. So anyway. Anyway, so it's coming up. Okay, my, my scripture for this week, and I better hurry up and get to my... It's Joshua 60. No, Isaiah 60, my fault. I was going to say this. Mm-hmm. No, Joshua yeah, 60. I know. I, uh, I shouldn't say I know because, you know, I don't know everything. Let me see. Isaiah 60, verse 1. Okay, so it says this, 1 through 3. Um, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Now, you remember, our, our retreat theme is walk in the light. So, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Of course, he's talking about Jesus, but, you know, his light shines on us. And you sing that song, shine down your light on me. Let the people <laughs> see that in your presence, darkness flees. Father of light, shine down on me. And so um, the theme of walking in the light. And there's so many different themes that can go with that, you know, walk in openness, walk in the light, be like Jesus, of course, you know. So how he loves, how he, he, he speaks, how he acts. Um, we're going to learn all those things, and maybe we'll come back better. <laughs> maybe. Hey, 340-9585, if any questions, comments, or thoughts that you want to share on the program today. Um, Paula, um, i I got one question I want you to deal with, okay. and then we get started. And wherever you want to take it from there, it's... Thursday, it's your show. I just looked at your screen to see the question. Oh, my. Okay. Well, I could have done this question yesterday in the program, Uh and I thought, no, it's better to do it uh, with you here because your perspective is the one that matters. Mm -hmm. It's an anonymous question, and the question Mm -hmm. is, does a wife have to do anything her husband asks in the bedroom? No. No. Mm -mm. If it it goes against Scripture, um, no. You know, there's some things, you know, God doesn't want sodomy to be happening. Um, no, if there's, you know, I, I ministered to some ladies in Oklahoma one year, and, you know, she says that her husband wants her to be involved in watching pornography with her. Is that okay? No. Um, but he doesn't, you know, he needs it. No, he doesn't. So, no. Um, if there's other people, real people, you know, in the room besides the two of you, no. Um, yeah, and so pretty much, 
No. You want to elaborate on that, Pastor Ron? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, mm-mm, that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm convinced God wants the bedroom to be playful. He wants it to be adventurous. Yeah. Um, but we need to remember, and, and this is something that I do um, in pre-marriage counseling, the very last pre-marriage counseling session, we talk about the, the sex and the relationship. And we need to remember that, that our bodies are not our own. Um, the wife's body belongs to the husband. The husband's body belongs to the wife. But we also need to remember that we're a servant, especially the man who is the, the head of the home spiritually. He's a servant. And to put his wife in a position where she would be uncomfortable um, to, to ask her to do anything that, that is, is in violation of what the Scripture says, of course, that's a no-brainer. But um, I think the whole idea is rather than viewing sex as a means of being pleasured, we need to view the marriage bed as an opportunity to give pleasure. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think God's pretty good at taking care of making sure everybody's satisfied. Mm-hmm. But the idea is if, if we're going to the bedroom to please ourselves, mm-hmm. then we're missing the whole purpose of being able to enjoy a sexual relationship. You know, God could have made us like animals where we only do that to, to have babies. Uh, but he gave us this marvelous gift. And, and any man, I would say, in this audience who is selfishly thinking only of their own pleasure um, how is that relationship going to be pleasing or satisfying to the wife? And I think what we need to do is focus on giving. Jesus said uh, to find our lives. Uh, if, if we find our lives, we'll lose it. But if we lose them for him, we'll find it. Mm-hmm. Well, that same principle applies in the marriage bed as also, as well. So I think what we have to do is is focus on who we are. Am I a servant in the bedroom? Am I trying to please my wife or am I trying to please my husband? Uh, or am I um, just selfishly looking out for my own needs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, the answer is going to determine where your heart is. Let me also add one other thing, Paula. Um, I think it's really important that um, if there are things that the Bible doesn't prohibit in the sexual relationship, but those things would please your husband or please your wife, uh, I think through prayer, you need to ask God, since I'm a servant, help me to do that. And I think God would allow you to enjoy those things. Uh, so those are the things that I think that, that come to mind for me first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the marriage bed is like every other facet of our relationship. Uh, we're to serve one another. We're to trip over one another, serving mm-hmm. uh, the other. And, and if we do that, then God will ensure uh, to be satisfied. But the idea of bringing pornography, Hebrews says, to keep the marriage bed pure or undefiled, another translation says, um, we need to watch our fantasy life. We need to watch the things that we're watching. We also need men in the audience. We need to understand uh, the damage we are doing to our wives and, let me add, our sons and daughters if we are um, partaking in pornography. Yeah. Um, you're, you're giving your wife an impossible standard um, to, to, to keep up to. The things that you see in pornography, uh, those are not enjoyable things uh, in a marriage bed. And um, um, we need to realize that we're, we're, we're defiling the very woman that we promised God that we would love, honor, and cherish. Yeah. 
So I think that's important. You want to add anything else? Yep. There's There's been times in the past when you have said that um, Jesus is actually in the room with us. You know, and at the beginning, I was thinking, ew, that's kind of creepy, you know, um, because we have this mindset that uh, having sex is, ooh, we forgot to say, you know, when we answer this question, we forgot to say this. Maybe your kids should be, <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> but it's not so bad. Period. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I, so I got used to that, and it's like, okay, Jesus, is this making you happy? You know, is this is this making you happy? Because, like you're saying, the focus is pleasing our spouse, and I say spouse on purpose. It's the spouse that we're to please. Not pleasing self, but pleasing the spouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Jesus is there, and it's it's a it's a pleasant, pleasurable time. You know, somebody was really critical of me for saying that one day, that Jesus is there. Mm-hmm. Well, he said he'll never leave us or forsake us. Mm-hmm. The only thing that can mm-hmm. cause him to leave is sin. Mm-hmm. And and uh, he gave us this marriage bed as a gift. And we defile it all the time. Um, but but the bedroom is the last place that we should be selfish. Yeah, uh, it's, the, it's the place that we should say, okay, Lord... Uh, I'm going to love my wife for, for from the man's perspective. I'm going to love my wife the way Christ loved the church. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the question that I save for you today. Tender, patient, gentle, sweet, and fun. Oh yeah, fun for sure. It's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Three four zero ninety five eighty five, uh, or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. Okay, Paula, now it's Thursday. It's officially yours. Okay. So I only have, you know, you had some good questions again. But I was kind of laughing at the one from John who talking about our school, the requirements. It was like people who come to your church, you know, should come to church <laughs> um, if they have their kids. In the, but it was kind of like, why are you requiring them to? attend church if they have kids but you went on to say it's an evangelistic uh, ministry that not all the people who have kids in our school actually come to this church they they may be uh, members at another church um, but they still need to come here twice a month so they can be on the same page and understand what their kids are being taught and know the teachers and all that stuff but then there's other people who aren't even Christians, because but because our school is free, and a private school, free is very exciting, you know. And so it's been a, a really fun thing to watch over the many years that some of these kids whose parents aren't really homeschoolers, um, but they want their kids in the school. So we still do all the regular topics, but we still have chapel. And so some of these parents have... Some have come over the years with their arms crossed, you know, because I got to come twice a year, twice a month. Um, and one guy actually said, "No, it's not worth it." But most of them say, "This is a really good school. My kids are getting a great education." And before too long, they're seeing a change in their kids, like you see, yeah. and said, "And it's been a whole lot of people who got saved as a result of." Their, their children coming to this school. So I, I love that question, but I correct up because that's how I heard it. What do you mean you require the people? 
who have kids in there in your school that come to church? No, they come to church. Most of them come two and three services. Most, and a lot of them don't come on Wednesday night because that's the one night the kids don't have homework. But that's the night they can catch up on on a bunch of them. But uh, no, they they come to church. Yeah, I would prefer them to come on on the Friday or the Sunday messages where there are bigger crowds yeah, and yeah. more fellowship, more body life. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's really important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I was home laughing at that one. Yeah, I think one of the things that we need to remember in church, everything that we do ought to be focused on winning converts to Christ. Yeah. Now, we make disciples of those converts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, you know, if, if it's too easy to get in these little huddles, holy huddles, and and isolate ourselves from the things out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to do that. We want that the world is out there, the world has to be brought in here, mm-hmm. and then the power of the Holy Spirit can convert the people. But uh, I just think it's it's essential to, to understand that everything we do here at our church, I think this should be the case, and probably is the case at most churches, mm-hmm. but every ministry we have here has a purpose, and that purpose is winning the lost to Jesus Christ in these last hours. Yeah, yeah. And not only winning uh, converts, but like you said, making disciples, because we have a whole lot of people who come from different church backgrounds, even some different religious backgrounds, and, you know, they don't really know who Jesus is or the real Jesus, you know, and they're trying to make Jesus who they want him to be. And after a while, it's like, wow, I wasn't taught that. Or, you know, I didn't know that kind of a thing. And to see people really get it and change, it's been a really cool thing. Yeah. How will they hear except somebody preach to them? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the way the Holy Spirit works. He mm-hmm. works through his word. He works through one-on-one evangelism. But God has given us a bunch of ministries where there are unbelievers always coming in. And uh, a lot of those people end up getting saved. So that's uh, that's worth the price of admission. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, I used to believe like this because we lived in Mesa, Arizona. And it is, I think, at the time, it was the number two Mormon-populated area outside of Salt Lake. And so we lived there, and right across the street was this really nice family. You know, they were so family-oriented. And... Um, I just thought, well, they're so nice, you know. But you had that question that says, Mormons and, and Jehovah's Witnesses believe in Jesus, so why are they not saved? I used to think that too. How come? Why are they not saved? You know? Um, but, you know, that's come and sit and learn. You find out their Jesus isn't the same Jesus, you know. And then one time I was at the gym. Well, more than one time. I was at the gym, and I'm in the, in the steam room with uh, uh, several Mormon ladies. And... Instead of being so joyful, they were crying with each other because I guess the Mormon elders at their church weren't really listening to their requests of my husband has not only me as his wife, but he's got several other interests um, and nobody's doing anything about that. And that was just the way it was. And they were not happy they weren't like angry they were just broken sad people i was like oh well never mind i don't want to be that (laughs) (laughs) but it was just really sad to come to find out that um 
life behind their doors wasn't all that sweet. Yeah, you know, that's true of professing Christians as well. If if they're not holding on to the real Jesus, if they don't understand who he really is, well, then flesh, carnality, is going to win over their lives, and that means there's going to be a lot of pain. And, um, you know, you can be religious, but without Jesus, you're going to be empty. And that's what we've we've discovered. Yeah, I had at, at the place I ran uh, in Arizona, uh, lots and lots and lots of Mormons. I mean, the, the, half the population of the city was Mormon, and uh, had a lot of those people who were working for me. And um, I wasn't saved at that point, and and you know, I just they were good workers, and God bless them. But now understanding what they're missing is just really, really a tragic. Yeah. Yeah, so sad. So anyway, it's kind of cool when some will wander in and they'll ask the questions. I used to love when the um, when the two-by-twos, you know, would come to our apartment, you know. Elder, elder. Elder, elder, that's what you call them. And I'd make a sandwich and give them some water because we couldn't afford much more. <laughs> and, and then you try to talk to them. And so that was that was sweet. You just never know, you know, when we get to heaven. There, there might be one or two that says, I remember, and we'll remember then because we'll, we'll know everything. I remember when you, you let me come in and you told me about the real Jesus. And I, I really didn't believe you because usually there's one who's very experienced and one who's not. And sometimes the one who's not so experienced is the one who's kind of listening to what you have to say. It was cool. You never know when we get to heaven. So I'm proud of you, Pastor Ron, for always... <laughs> trying to make people know you're Jesus. That's what you said. Yeah, I think I think most of the elders that, that would come in, they're not elder chronologically, mm-hmm. uh, but they're very young Christians. And, and if they very start... Young or very young Very young, very young Mormons. Mm-hmm. And if they, uh, if they start being swayed, then older elders, more experienced people, then they'll come with them. Yeah. And I had, I had that happen where they brought... The, the older elder, the mm-hmm. more experienced guy, to, to put me in my place. Yeah. And and he couldn't answer, of course, any of the questions. It's just um, it's just sad. They're so entrenched in um, what they believe without ever asking any questions. And, and the good news is that there's a whole bunch of Mormons who are getting converted uh, over and over and over. Jehovah's Witnesses, I find, Paula, are even more difficult because they're just angry. Yeah, they're just mad. Just trying to work their way, knocking on doors, mm-hmm. being abused. And um, we, we never want to abuse people, but at the same time, uh, they're just unwilling. And my motto, as you know, I mentioned it again last night in the Bible study, is when people stop, stop listening, listening, stop, stop talking. talking. Yep. Don't try to win the argument. Don't try to yeah. debate. Just just leave them with the light of Christ and uh, and pray for them yeah. because the, the Holy Spirit is the one that does the converting. Yeah. Well, Paula, now we are inside three minutes for this half of the program. We want to talk about something at the top of the next mm-hmm. half hour. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get to that. But what do you want to finish with today in this yeah. half hour? You know, as I'm thinking about the many ladies that are coming to our women's retreat, I'm going back to the women's retreat for a second. Um, being away from home and the, you know, the regular routine of things. Um, and we, the kids have been staying an extra day, but for the ladies, this is plenty of time. So Thursday night, Friday night, Friday night is our 
afterglow. And I don't think we do it quite like yours um, when the men, when you guys go. But we have mostly prayer time. And the numbers of ladies who are able to, once they've heard the the teachings, and we've had quiet time that day, um, the hearts that they come with, I mean, it's they're lined up to come and either get saved, um, repent, um, want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's just, and they want to go home different. They want to go home really. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Well, filled with the Spirit, so they can be the 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 wife and the mom, the friend. Uh, first of Jesus, but to those in their household, you know, we get a chance to look at us instead of, you know, like I can do, blame other people um, instead of taking personal responsibility. And so, um, it's a really cool time. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of laughing, some crying. Um, I bet there's a lot of crying. There's a lot of crying <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Here at Calvary Chapel, Kleenex is like one of our biggest ministry expenses. That was my first ministry here at the <laughs> church. I could see people, and I was like, I'll be right back. Or I'm, I'm looking around, you guys have me the Kleenex box? She's getting ready to, the tears are getting ready to come over her eyelids. Yeah. 340-9585. We'd love to have any questions or comments or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. To the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. I just got really bad news. It's National Chili Day and Paul and I were talking about chili today. We yeah. want some chili. Yeah. It's, you know, I told you at breakfast that I was subliminally, subliminally, that's a hard word to say, texting May Cruzado. Because she makes the best chili. And then when I got here, I saw Pastor Ken. And I started to say, but I didn't say. But then now the producer just said, it's National Chili Day. We should have said something, Pastor Ron. <laughs> we should have. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. 9585 Two quick things. Tomorrow, um, Paula just reminded me, is my 33rd mm-hmm. birthday in the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's also Dr. Peter Paley's birthday. Mm-hmm. He is a pastor here at Calvary Chapel and obviously is a doctor, a physician. Uh, he and his wife, Sheba, um, run Malta Medical for us and do a great job there as well. So mm-hmm. I look pretty good for 33, huh? You look great for 33, baby, if, I, if you do say so. And we, I'll agree with you, you know, because I'm your encourager. Right now. Okay, before we go to the issue, the thing that we <laughs> want to talk about, Paula, one, one of the things I'd like you to talk about the ladies' retreat. Would you talk about the foot washing ministry? You know what? I meant to. I really meant to. Yeah, Wanda Croft heads that up, and she has a huge group of ladies who uh, do that with her. That is another um, ministry where there's a lot of tears as well. Um, and I don't know if you've ever had your – have you ever had your feet washed? Oh, yeah. I know I washed them when I was like 
before you were saved, and the Lord told me, wash his feet. And I was like, mm-hmm, I'm going to wash his feet, all right. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Anybody got some acid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me, that, give me that brush you clean the barbecue grill with. That's the one. Um, but anyway, no, I'm glad I didn't do that. Uh, but, yeah, the ladies line up, and they come for their, you know, it's the prayer kind of a thing as well, where they're, you just got saved, or um, they want a fresh start. You know how Jesus says to Peter, you know, you're washed already, but your feet get dirty while you walk out in this world. And, and sometimes we we still are holding on to some of those little dirty things. Um, and so they're like, I want to get rid of that. Can you wash, would you wash my feet? I remember <clears throat> one year having my feet washed. And it was like, of course, Jesus right there. And I could not look that person in the eye. It was so like, like I'm looking at your picture behind me. Me, Jesus, wash the feet, you know, me. It was just an overwhelming thing. And that's what happens. It's an overwhelming um, situation where the love of Christ just really pours over the person whose feet are being washed. And um, it, it, the line just goes on forever. And it's it's so not a wonderful. contrived thing either. No. It just it's it's the um, spirit led, and the work that God does on these women as their feet are being washed yeah. uh, is really the power of God coming upon those women and yeah. and and cleansing them from the pains of the past. And yeah. so it's it's a really neat thing we do. That it's so wonderful. And if you've ever been on the other end where you're the one washing the person's feet, because most of those people have already had their feet washed before, and they know the dynamic that it is. And so now that they're washing someone else's feet, it's like watching God melt a stony heart and giving them a soft, pliable one. You just think, Lord, if I could do this next year or if I could do this at home for my own family, if I could do this for my neighbor um, and they have the same or a different result, you know, because God knows what's going on in their lives. Man, so that group just keeps growing and growing and growing, and yeah, that's a ministry. You think, well, how many people are gonna are gonna gonna sign up to to do foot washing? Probably not very many, mm-hmm. but there's always tons and tons of people. Yeah, uh, especially as you said, if they've been touched in their heart, having their own feet washed. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's it's a very humbling thing. There's nothing that I've ever experienced that's quite as humbling. Yeah, I mean, who really wants to take off their shoes and socks and have somebody touch their feet? You know, I mean, well, I do. we do, because <laughs> we're used to it. We get the foot reflexology. Yeah, go ahead, you know, go between my toes, everything. But not too many people, especially in that setting, um, are that comfortable. But, man, I remember Vanessa, and I'm free to talk. You are not washing my feet because I washed her feet. This was way back when we were in the daycare center. And she had her feet, like, crossed and back up under her her chair and stuff. I was like, come on, let me wash your feet. And she finally put them out there, and she just, you know, hard nose, you know, pushed me into a wall before, and now she's saved, and she's getting her feet washed, and she's crying like a baby, you know. Jesus loves her so much, and that's what that's what all the ladies feel at, yeah. the, at the foot washing. 
Thank you for bringing that up because I really meant to talk about that. Yeah, that's that. been on my heart. We and, and, and when you told me at the break that it's next week, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this be our last chance. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's go to phone call. We got Valerie from San Antonio on line one. Valerie, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Hello. Hi, Pastor Ron, Mama Paula. Thank you for having the call. I actually don't have a question. I just wanted to um, thank you all for what you and your church do. It's been a blessing in uh, my life. Sorry, I may cry. Um, I had the pleasure of going to your church with my husband, Caesar, and um, it's just watching y'all, seeing y'all live. Like, it's just been such a blessing. I've learned so much. And um, I just want to thank you. Continue to do what y'all do. Thank you for being obedient to the Lord always and being so transparent. Um, it's just so nice to learn so much from y'all. Um, I actually watch y'all's services on uh, Mondays, too, with the Women's Bible Study. Mm-hmm. And um, I've learned so much. And um, the way they dig into the Word, um, the way they just let the Holy Spirit take over, and it's just beautiful. Um, I've learned to be more open with my story and um, how I was able to come to the Lord and to not be ashamed or afraid because it's all a blessing at the end and it makes God happy. So thank you again for taking my call. Thank you for all that you do. I love y'all and may God bless. <laughs> thank you, Valerie. Thank you, you made Valerie. my you made my day. God bless you, sweetie. That's <laughs> I, I can hear the kids, Mom, Mom yeah, in the background. Yeah, so yeah. so that, the, see the the, the the ladies who are Mom, Mom, they're the ones who need to get to the retreat. You know that right. weekend where Jesus can say, "No, baby, you're, you're my you're my baby now." So we'll do that. Yeah. So yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, thank you, Valerie. That was encouraging. But um, this year it's kind of strange. We only have two babies. Maybe only one baby coming. No, two for sure. Two. Yeah, maybe three, but two for sure. And we usually have way more babies, but we have we have childcare. We also have childcare, and we have two girls, even if it's just one baby. If it was three babies, we probably have three girls because you know we want to make sure that everybody's well cared for. So, yeah. But there's there's been one or two dads that says that have said, "I got it, honey. You need to go on retreat. It's okay. I can handle it." So, Paula, before we, before we move on, Valerie mentioned uh, the Monday night Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Um, let me recommend to all the ladies in the audience, specifically the ladies, but it's it's not something that men can't benefit from either. Uh, the last two Monday nights with uh, Linda McMillan and Annette Hinaire, mm-hmm. uh, wonderful Bible studies, and uh, you're in the book of Second Timothy. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you're a little freaking out because when... I get these. The it's the it mark this in the last yeah. days. It'll be oh, perilous times. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for everybody in the audience, you go to calvaryessay.com, go to recent studies, and you'll see our hidden treasures uh, Monday night Bible studies. Yeah. And that's that's the ladies' Bible study. Yeah. Okay, Paul, let's talk about today. Thank you for mentioning that, too. <clears throat> okay, so today, you know, we get up in the morning and we pray, Lord, give us, you know, opportunities. You know, uh, who we're going to talk to or what's going to happen. And so we're sitting at breakfast, and this one girl who's been at the restaurant we go to pretty much every Thursday, um, she'd been there for a year, and she's never waited on us one time. And so she said, oh, this is my first time waiting on you guys. So, yay, you know. And so she starts talking because you, you notice her tattoos 
because you're really good about that. You know, a hat or a shirt or tattoo, you're going to notice something. And so she's got her kids' names on her arm. And, um, okay. And, you know. But I noticed that she didn't have a wedding ring on. You know, she told us, you know, how old the kids were. And um, so, okay. No. You were very direct, and I mean in a good way. Yeah. You you said uh, because of the age of the kids, and, and it just the spirit was giving you word of knowledge. I think. Um, you, you said so. Do, do, you're not married. Do, do the kids have the same dad? Yeah. And she said, "Well, no. The first two do, and then my baby, mm-hmm. who I guess is four years four. old." Mm-hmm. Um, she said. Uh, she said, no, the different dads. And, and then she just, and this is the way, if you guys will step out in faith, this is what happened. She just started vomiting. And I don't mean that in a negative way. No. Just, just, you could see the pain. It was coming out. Yeah. And she said, you know, we're playing house and uh, it's time to stop playing house. It's time to get serious. And, and I stopped her. I said, Can, explain to me what you mean. I don't want to assume that I know what you're talking about, but mm-hmm. but what do you mean playing house? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you know, I told him, in fact, I, I broke up with him for a while, um, told him, I, we need to get married, we need to do this. And um, and you could just see the pain. She started to cry. And we had an opportunity to talk to her a little bit. And uh, I was able to tell her, I said, you know, there's only one man who will never disappoint you, and his name is Jesus. And she acknowledged that, mm-hmm. but not a believer, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, she understands that, that he's God, I think, but but she's not ever really said, forgive me of my sins and, mm-hmm. and uh, take control of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, Paula, in talking to her, my heart was just broken. Mm-hmm. My heart was absolutely broken. Mm-hmm. We offered help. But at the same time, the thing that I just don't understand, and I was able to share this with her, um, we've, we've talked to dozens, if not hundreds, of women over the years who have given their bodies away, um, had babies. The men won't marry them. And the men end up leaving. This this one woman, she said, she said that when my first husband left, he, he took everything that I had. She'd me. never been married when the first yeah, guy yeah. left. When the first guy left. He had yeah. no husband. Yeah. When the first guy left, took everything that I had and left me with nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I asked the question rhetorically. I said, Paul, why do these women give themselves away? to a man who is unwilling to make a commitment to them. Yeah. Forget believer or unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Why would they do that? And, of course, I understand all the carnal reasons. I understand that they're always looking for a relationship. They're always looking for something that's going to work out, and they want to believe the best. I understand all that. I, yeah. I understand being alone. Uh, I understand that it's difficult. Uh, but this is a woman who's waiting tables in a restaurant, Um the boyfriend is um, uh, financially a non-contributor. Um, and you just wonder, why would a woman get involved in that? Now, with this restaurant, and God's given us this ministry. We've been going to the same place for 25 years, mm-hmm. um, two days a week, two mm-hmm. times a week. And, and everybody knows us. Mm-hmm. And we know all of their stories. And in that one little restaurant, there's a half a dozen um 
women, I, I call them girls, but, but there are a half dozen women who have children who are with somebody they're not married to, and they have all kinds of excuses and rationalizations, but every single one of them knows it's wrong, yeah. and they want more. Yeah. And, you know, I told this woman today, I said, you know, um, we've talked to so many women, and they just won't listen. They just won't listen. Yeah. Because they end up where you are. They end up with their hearts broken. They understand that they're not important enough to that man to make a commitment to. Yeah. And why would you do it? And there's never an answer to that question. Mm-hmm. It's just, well, this is the way it is. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's, it's heartbreaking to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, they will not listen. And all we can do is offer help. Uh, when we go into that restaurant and the ladies <laughs> who are serving us, we know they're not married. They're living with somebody. Uh, I'll tell them, you know what I do, right? Yeah. I can fix this yeah. in a minute. Yeah. You get a license. I'll marry you yeah. right here, outside, yeah. if you want to. Yeah. And 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 yet they're 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 so afraid of losing what they have, even if they're not thrilled with what they have. Mm-hmm. They're so mm-hmm. afraid of being alone. Yeah. yeah. That they're not willing to make that risk, and that's why we try to introduce them to Jesus. Because Jesus is, as I said to her, the only man who will never disappoint you. His name is Jesus. Yeah. It's, it, it was really reminded me of, of the time when, you know, the Samaritan, Jesus said he had to go to Samaria. I must needs go to, to, through Samaria kind of a thing. And, um, but, and, he, and she comes, you know, he's sitting out there, he's tired, as, and he wants some water. And he finally says to her, you know, the woman says, sir, give me this water because, you know, she doesn't want to be thirsty again so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. But he told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Then she changed the subject. You know, sir. I can see that you're a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain. And that's basically what happens. They know it's wrong. They hear the, the, the answer, and yet they change the subject. You know, I'm doing this for my daughter. Um, and then, oh, I have this customer over here, so I, I, let me go check on them and stuff. And so you told her when I said, you know, when we come here again, don't ignore us. And she said, do they, do people sometimes do that and you said yeah we don't take it personally I said well I do <laughs> it, it hurts my heart and she could tell because I, I could hardly <clears throat> talk you know I'm holding her hand while you're talking to her and I could hardly talk and she could she's looking at me and she says I could see that you're just thinking huh? and I was like yeah it, this is killing me yeah, yeah. you know Paul a lot of the times in, in, in this restaurant there's a couple of these women uh, but they're professing Christians and they go to a church, and the church that they go to is a large church, and it's a church that doesn't tell them that 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 this is sin and that they need to repent, they need to get right and stay right with the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and you can see the frustration, the futility of their lives. It's, it's just a, 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 an almost unbearably painful thing to watch. And uh, again, I ask the question, why would a woman give herself away to a man who's unwilling to make any kind of a commitment to her at all. Yeah. 
And and you know the 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 one that they're they're ditching is Jesus. If they're a professing Christian, they're saying, "Well, Jesus, I choose this man because at least he's got skin. At least he's going to be here with me. Mm-hmm. At least he has a job and can pay for some of the things that we need." Mm-hmm. Um, but, but but Jesus, you need to go. Yeah. And it's just it is um, a repeating, um, unbearable pain that we experience all the time. And I'll never understand it. I mean, I understand all the carnal reasons. I really do. I understand um, that safety and security. It's like I, I've said on this program before. I don't understand why any woman would stay with a man who hits her. Yeah. And yet they do. Yeah. We beg them to leave. Mm-hmm. We offer to protect them and provide for them mm-hmm. for a time. Mm-hmm. And they still won't leave yeah. um, because, well, what am I going to do? Yeah. And it's just, it's just the fear of the unknown, like you're saying, the fear of being alone. But man, that fear of, you know, how's he going to act towards me today? It's, but it's, it's unbelief. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we've got to do is really give Jesus a chance to show off for us. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the ladies that we're talking about, she has a, a, a government subsidy of, uh, I don't know, $800 a month or something. Um, uh, and and uh, uh, welfare medical insurance for her child, mm-hmm. and well, if I get married, I'm going to lose that. Well, is that all Jesus is worth to you? Is that eight hundred dollars a month and and health insurance? Do you really not know who he is? Do you really not know? That's the, the, right. They really don't. They really know. don't. But but they don't because they don't want to. Yeah. Uh, the woman at the well. Um, she she eventually decided, hey, who, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. She ran and got everybody, come and see a man who's told me everything <laughs> I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And and she actually was the, the, the point of the spear for revival in Samaria. And I don't know why in these last days people aren't more serious about, um, Jesus, I'm going to show, I'm going to trust you. Even challenging, you know, in Malachi, God says, uh, "Test me on test this me on with this. regard to giving for the for the Jewish temple." Mm-hmm. Um, even for a woman to say, "Okay, I'm going to test you on this, mm-hmm. uh, Lord. If you say you love me, if you say you're going to take care of me, I'm going to do the right thing, and I'm going to trust you to take care of me. At least give him a chance to do it." Mm-hmm. And the pain is overwhelming in these people's lives, and. Um, I, I it just it's overbearing pain for me. I know, I know. And you, you offered, you know, you said we'll help take care of you, but it's like I don't know. Hopeful that she'll take us up on the offer, you know, and God, and we've seen how the Lord has provided for us over the years. We've seen it, and if we don't live it out, how will anybody else follow? And so I'm hopeful that she'll take the counsel, but most don't. Yeah, I told her, we, we have a home mm-hmm. for, for women in your situation. You want to get right with God? We've got a place where you can stay. If you've got a place where you can stay and it's just money, if, if you're not leaving him because of money, um, tell us. We'll, we'll help. Mm-hmm. We want to give you an opportunity to meet this one man who will never disappoint you mm-hmm. like the other men in your life have. And 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 she opened the door to all of this. And I know we're going on and on about this, but um, there's people listening. And if you're, this is just the kind of pain, yeah. though, 
that for me personally is unbearable yeah. to yeah. see people with these self-inflicted wounds mm-hmm. and and so little faith in the Jesus in some cases they profess to believe in yeah. um, is um, um, uh, I think I share the Lord's heart toward those people yeah. and um, so ladies if that's you in this audience please choose Jesus please choose Jesus yeah. Paula, we're inside three minutes, so why don't you wrap up with whatever it is that you want to say. <laughs> um, get saved. Trust Jesus. He loves you. I, mean, I could just give that little list, you know, but no. Um, it's been kind of a a strange week, and uh, I know it's because, you know, every time the women's retreat comes around uh, or the men's retreat or whatever, um, the spiritual warfare increases, and man, you know, people pray. Just pray. Pray. We're you know we got this new building project going, and please keep us in prayer. It's it's been it's exciting, but it's scary, um, and we we just want to remain faithful. So just pray, yeah, for all the ladies that will be going, and it's it's next week. Um, but I, I probably won't be here for the radio show. So um, I'm just telling you, uh, please pray for all of the ladies, those who have signed up to go, that they would actually, actually go, that we would hear from Jesus. Instead of it being date day on the radio, it'll be date day with Jesus at the retreat. Yeah. Um, so please, please keep us all in prayer, safe travels, but that we would hear that our guest speaker would, have heard from the Lord and the, and the teachings that she'll be bringing um, would really just come from the throne of God and, and we would listen, take to heart, not just hear because we want to get away and not have any responsibility of home life, but that we would really truly hear and be um, more in love with Jesus than ever before. Okay. Yeah. That pretty much does it today. Jill, we just got your question. I don't have time to answer today, but I will take it at the top of tomorrow's program. So please be listening. Uh, and I love what you're doing, you and your husband. So that'll give you an idea of of uh, what we're we're talking about. So. Oh, sorry. I must have talked too long. No, she. We just got it. I mean, oh, okay, just, okay. the question just came in. Oh, okay. Well, that pretty much does it for today's program. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.